Man, today is Vision Sunday. Can you say Vision Sunday? So if you're a guest and you're looking in, today's slightly different. Um, and then we're not preaching through a series or a topic in the Bible or books of the Bible. A couple of times a year, we just take a moment to really uh, in, give some direction to where, as elders, we feel God is calling us to as a church. And at other times, really just to motivate our hearts afresh to keep going with what God has for us. So it's a little bit more of the latter today, because last year in February, uh, we preached on a Vision Sunday, and I preached from Psalm 127, and we uh, outlined our blessed campaign. Uh, where we thought for this season we feel God calling us to these key things. It'll be on the next slide. So the, when I say the blessed campaign, the B stands for building strong. Can you say build strong? Our leaders raised. Evangelistic advance. Serving initiatives. Starting and sending. So that covers quite a lot. I think you'd agree. Um, but we're about six years in as a church now and we are starting to mature. And we've got some of the things we've done a few things and tried to do them well so far. So Sundays and small groups and a sense of community. That's what we've really focused on so far. But we believe it's a time for us to start asking God, what else is there for us to do? God has added laborers to us over the last year or so. People who have their own personal passions and things that they feel a heart from God to do. And that will bring an addition to what we can then own as a community. So what we mean by those things is unpacked. In the next slide, really. So building strong, if you want to summarize it, then first and foremost, we're about people. <laughs> okay, we want to raise disciples, big people who love Jesus a lot. Um, and then premises, we want a home one day yeah. or, or a base that where people can come Monday to Saturday, not just on Sunday. Yeah. Um, the good thing of not having that so far is that we're a people who go. Yeah. And we're not always asking people to come, come to our building, come to our events. We're a people who go. So I'm thrilled we're in the pub for the quiz night. We're going out there. And we have deliberately, in the first years of Redeemer, said, please use your time to build relationships with people in the community who don't know Jesus. Because we don't want to just be a holy helper and say to people, come to us. We want to be going to people. But we also want to be building something here where people are like, I want to come to you. And so pathways, so we want to increase our training as a church and equipping. Because really, the responsibility of us as elders is to equip the saints. For the work of the ministry. That would be stuff in church, but far bigger than that. We want to equip you as best as we can to serve God. When we talk about leaders raised and released, we talk about pioneers. We will always believe in sending people to the ends of the earth. Our God is a sending God. But we also believe that to do that effectively and to resource that well, we need pillars who stay here and are part of the building in Colchester for the next 20, 30 years. I don't think I'm going anywhere for the next 30 odd years. God might call us there. But if I... Spend all my days left in Colchester and we send lots of people. Yes. That will fill my heart with great joy. Yeah. I sometimes joke with uh, Al and the other elders that in um, whatever, 30 years time, maybe we can all move into the same care home. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 30 years, maybe 40 for me. But, and plant to church. And we will have an absolute hoot. I'm looking forward to that. Um, it's a captive community. They can't go anywhere. So. Um, but that, that would be my dream. But I want to send lots of people and go and strengthen those, those churches, which is why we're getting behind Chelmsford. So if you're part of this church, we are owning this church planted to Chelmsford. doesn't mean you are going, but please be praying with us. And if you can come to the, any of the events, come and put a spiritual footprint in the ground and pray with us there. When we talk about evangelistic advance, we've talked a lot about that, but we ought to be a going people. We talk about a culture where we are constantly thinking, God... Who's in my world that you want me to share the gospel with? And we talked about some of the tools and habits that we're having. Serving initiatives. So that will come from partnerships with 
organizations in the town. It'll come from passions that individuals have in the church. And it will come from projects that we serve as a church. So it's been a thrill over the last year or so to be able to give some money to Beacon House. And to be able to get ready to do some hampers for the Afghan refugees who have come here recently. And to take up other offerings that have been purely given to those who would need them. And then starting and sending. We want more services and we want more sites across Colchester because we want more people to come to hear about Jesus. Amen? Amen. And it's fine having one big meeting at 10.30 and hopefully we won't go to too many services just yet because it's really taxing. But 10.30 is only one time slot that people can come. And if they can't make that, they can't come. If you have other times over the years to come, more people can come. Lots of families play sport on Sunday. Maybe we'll have a Saturday night service one day or a, or a Wednesday evening service. We'll, we'll find out. Um, and then leavers, laborers and leaders. If you leave Colchester, we want you to leave well equipped and sent. So if you're here and you know it's for a year, come. We'll invest in you. We're not going to say, oh, you're leaving in a year. Sit on the sidelines. That's just not how the kingdom of God works. And we want laborers. So people who just think, I want to go and support. Support that work, but this is home base. And then there'll be leaders who think, I feel God called me to plant a church. Uh, where should we go and do something like that? So that's what we're talking about when we talk about our Bless campaign. I want to encourage you, if you're part of the church, to go to our website, forward slash Bless, where you can listen to the preach and you can find out more details about that. And it's been wonderful to see some progress over this. I mean, Al mentioned planting it in Anachem in the coming uh, summer in the Netherlands. Uh, that ben is an elder in the church. They were the first family who joined and kind of stayed on our sofa for the first few days while they looked for a job. Um, and Mika's on staff, so it will be a huge cost for us. But the kingdom of God says if you give generously, you will reap generously. If you sow generously, you will reap generously. And we're believing that. And we also believe that there are people in the Netherlands who don't have the heritage that we have in England. Of many good churches who proclaim Jesus and know what it is to be a word and spirit church. So that is what we are giving ourselves to. And we shared our five-year video, which again you can find on our website. Um, and last November, I did a Let's Build Strong. So we unpacked Building Strong. And in the beginning of Psalm 127, it says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers build in vain. And we will come back to that message again and again and again. All our endeavors, which we'll be focusing on today, are because God has an unfolding purpose across the course of history. And we're just joining in with that. So it's sure and it's certain. But today we're in 1 Chronicles 28. So can you turn there? If you have no idea where 1 Chronicles is or you don't have a Bible, it's okay. But start at the beginning. My Sunday school teacher, well, my boarding school um, thrashing put this into me. I remember it. I'll never forget it. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, 2 Kings, and then I think it's 1 Chronicles. So it's somewhere towards the beginning of your Bible. But the verses will be on the screen. Um, or if you don't know where it is, but you have an electronic Bible, you can just type it in, can't you? You don't need to go. Um, is this me? I don't think it's me. I don't think it's me. How are we going? There we go. Am I still coming through? I'm not coming through. Just want to make sure I'm being recorded. That's all. I can speak loud enough. That's fine. So um, I might just record myself here. Bear with me. How are we doing? It's all right. Okay. There we go. Am I coming through now? Yeah. Great. Fantastic. Jordan, what a man you are. Just give me a round of applause. And not for solving this, but for solving the sound problems for the last 10 weeks. Because Jordan has been 
playing worship, setting up the sound, setting down the sound, and fixing the worship and recording it for probably nine out of the last ten weeks. And I don't want to commend them to say, we want you to serve nine out of ten weeks in a row. We don't. But I want to commend them because he stepped in and he has blessed us. Most of us just pitch up and we don't understand people being here since 8.30. Slogging their guts out and stay here until 1 or 1.30. Sitting down. Jordan's been one of the key figures in that. So thank you and well done. So we're in 1 Chronicles chapter 28. And what, we are, what I want to do today is I just want to stir your heart. Unashamedly, I just want to stir your heart to go again for the things that God has for you and God has for us. And the title, if you want one today, is Be Strong and Do It. Can you say that? Be strong and do it. Most of us have more than enough to give ourselves to every single day, faithfully serving God. But for some reason, Christians often can sit on our hands and think, I'm not sure what God wants me to do. And I just want to say to you, be strong and do it. There's a lot of stuff that you can be giving yourself to while you seek God for more specific things. And we're going to be taking an offering at the end of the service. We have gift days every year. So this Sunday, next Sunday, and most of us give online during the week. We'll be taking up an offering to kind of spur some of the things that we are hoping to do as a church. On Monday, we'll be advertising a staffing opportunity that comes up, partly replacing Mika, but tweaking that. So keep your eyes open on social media and our website for staffing opportunities. And there's a few other roles we're working on. And we... If we want a building to do all that we want to do, we need to have resources to do that. Um, so we'll be taking up an offering at the end of this service and next week, but also there'll be details on how you can give online. I understand, obviously, the Ukraine crisis and war is something that most of us have been touched by in one way or the other, and many of us have given to that. Um, and what, what, what war has done is it's increased my resolve that the only answer is the gospel. People's hearts need to be changed. So more than ever, I'm committed to the church being the answer. And so we won't be taking up a specific offering in these weeks for Ukraine. But what I just want to, I want you to be free. If you've given already and that's where your heart and faith is, please give to that. But if you feel stirred and God stirs your heart to give in faith to our offering for the things that God has for us so that we can make an impact over the long term, that's the offering that we'll be taking up into. So please feel released if you've already given uh, and you want to give to the Ukraine war crisis. There are details how you can give through our network on our community group. And we've shared that on the newsletter that goes out each week. But these two weeks we'll be taking up our gift day offerings for the purposes that God has called us to. Let's read 1 Chronicles 28 verses 9 to 11 together. So the context here is that David is charging his son Solomon with building the temple. David wanted to build the temple, but God said to him, no, it's not for you, it's for your son. And the temple was the place on earth where God and man met together. It was a place where God's presence dwelt. Now, that was a physical temple. The New Testament tells us that you and I are temples of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And when we gather like this, the Bible says you're a living stone. And that we are being built into a spiritual house. And so the, the local church is something of a spiritual house. Yeah. And whilst God dwells in each one of us, when we gather together, there is something unique about that. Yeah. And where God is pleased to dwell and His presence comes. Yeah. And so David is charging Solomon to build this physical temple, which was always a representation of what was to come. God dwelling all through earth. If you think about the Garden of Eden, that was a temple. God in the Garden of Eden met with man and walked with man in the midst of the world. 
And then God was in the tabernacle, it was a temple, and then when you look to the heavenly Jerusalem that's to come, you see this temple imagery through everything in Scripture. There's a, there's a motif of the temple that shows how God wants to interact with people. And so this charge, I think, has lessons for us, principles for us to learn as we build God's house here at Redeemer. As for you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him wholeheartedly and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches the heart and understands the intention of every thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you abandon him, he will reject you forever. Realize now that the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. Be strong and do it. So as I've shared a bit of this context, I want to share six S's, successes. See the word play? Can you say six S's? Six S's of faith advance that will give you strength to do it. Okay, so the first S that you find in here is comes from verse 9 where it says, As for you, Solomon, know the God of your father. I call this savor. Can you say savor? Everything that you do in your Christian life should be the overflow of an inward life. And before David calls Solomon to do anything practical, he says, No the God of your fathers, i.e. don't rest on other people's faith. Don't just depend on me because I know God. Maybe those of us who are younger or particularly our kids out there, there comes a time when we and they need to know the God of their fathers, their mothers, for themselves. So the heartbeat of everything, and this is what we come back to more and more as a church, how is your Knowing of God. Lots of people know about God. (laughs) Lots of people know stuff of God. There's a big difference to knowing God. So when someone says to you, do you know God? What what, what would be your instinctive just posture? Now if you're not a Christian in the room, I'm not expecting you to know God yet. You know, but today's an invitation to come and get to know Him. So the heart of Christianity is a relationship. You say relationship. It's not about religion. It's not about doing the right things, saying the right things, going to the right things, singing the right songs. All of that we do because we have a relationship with God. And out of that relationship, we love and we obey and we serve. When you know God... It is the life in you that leads to everything else we're going to talk about. So when you have a sermon title like, Be Strong and Do It, the activists in here get excited. Like, none of us hearts talk. Tell me about action. And I'm glad, because faith should lead to action. Faith that doesn't lead to action isn't real faith. Because faith acts. Faith isn't a passive posture of I believe. Faith is an active posture of I believe, therefore I act. On that faith, trusting God. So you've got to know God. That's David's charge to Solomon. It's the starting point. And this word know is clearly more than an intellectual um, uh, ascent. Uh, I, I, I know God. No, it's something of an encounter. Can you say encounter? Yeah. Christianity is about encounter. Because when you meet someone and you get to know them, you've encountered them, right? You've encountered their personality. 
their warmth or their coldness, you know, their gentleness or their, or their harshness. You encounter their sense of humor. You, you visibly take in, I think it's like 70% of your cues are from physical, physical cues. When you meet someone, you encounter them. The same is true when you get to know God. You are to encounter God. We had religious leaders. If you read the New Testament, there were religious leaders that knew a lot about God, but they were harsh and they were cold and they were all about rules and laws that brought no life. When you know God, it leads to life. And it's not that you don't do those things that the rules call for. In fact, you, you do, but out of a place of wanting to know God. King David in the Bible, he was a man who committed adultery and killed the lady's husband using his power as a king. But he was called a man after God's own heart. He knew God. Didn't mean he was perfect. Didn't mean he got it right. But he knew God. He knew God's mercy. He knew how to write songs about God. A few weeks ago, Tom Scrivens preached and he said, many of us now, because of all the music platforms, we listen to other people worshipping Jesus, but we don't worship Him ourselves. We listen to other people pouring out their heart and loving God, but we don't get to that place where we do it ourselves. And I really want to encourage you on Sunday. Sunday gatherings, I think, should be wonderfully uncomfortable. In the best possible way. Because we come to someone who's worthy of us getting over our inhibitions. He's worthy of me trying to kneel down. And I played hockey yesterday and I'm thumped by a ball on the knee and I'm stiff and it takes me about three days to recover. And I'm getting up, I had to lean on the fall back there just to get up. Uh, it's not that you have to kneel down. It's worthy of me thinking, what will people think if I sing out what's on my heart and I can't sing in tune? And then, that's what I mean by uncomfortable. If, you, if, you, if you're not provoked in some way, maybe we're missing something. Yeah. Because we're always giving our all. And we're all full of pride and insecurity. Well, I mean, I still think, what will people think of me if I do this? What will people think of me? Will it be helpful? Will it be unhelpful? And some, some of that's wise. But most of it is, I've just got to get over myself and make it about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? And it's a, it's, a, it's a learning curve for us. We've got to grow and grow. And I, I could preach on this point itself all morning. But I just want to encourage you, the heart of Christianity is a relationship with God. Know God. Can you say know God? Yeah. Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 3. But everything that was gained to me, he was a man who followed all the rules. I have considered to be a loss because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ my Lord. So that I may gain Christ. He says, and then he finishes in verse 10, my goal is to, no, can I encourage you? Everything else today is secondary to this goal, knowing God and knowing Christ. So that's how David starts to, says, no. So how, how do you know God? Well, you read his word. <laughs> it's living, it's active. You speak about him. You learn about him. Come to church. It's a good place to learn and to be in community. You're in community with others because you see God in them. A myriad of ways. Praying. As weird as it might be for you if you're starting out, pray as if you're talking to someone very normal. Imagine them in a chair with you and pray. And it takes a while for that to be normal and to think, I'm actually praying to an actual person. Praying to God. It's a relationship. But the second charge that David gives to Solomon is this. Serve. Can you say serve? As for you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him unwillingly, no matter how you feel, no, serve Him wholeheartedly with a willing mind, for the Lord searches the heart and understands the intention of every thought. Serving follows from knowing. 
Once you know God, and the Bible's full of this, is freely we've received, freely we. Freely. Anytime you feel you're getting into duty or you, you're reluctant to give, go and receive. Yeah. And keep giving in faith that as you receive, God will fill you up. We sing this song, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Who knows the song? Yeah. yeah. I don't know how you sing that. Big change for me when I love so amazing, so divine, demands. I mean, do you see a God who points a finger? You will give your all. Or do you think, <laughs> love, it's so amazing. It's so divine. I can't help it. It's not just... Bubbling over a little bit. It's everything in me. It demands my soul, my life, my all. Serving comes from knowing. And we serve God first and foremost. So when we take up this offering, it is for the purposes of what God's called us to. But our hearts are primarily saying, God, what do you want me to give to you? So anytime we give anything, it's primarily to God. And we use wisdom and the, the people we're trusting to stewardship. Steward it, we need to have faith in and be confident in. But first and foremost, we're giving to God. It's fascinating that God had it in his heart, that David had it in his heart to build the temple. It was his dream. He wanted to build a house for God. And as you'll see, if you read the rest of the chapter, David had all the resources. He had got everything in place. He knew the plans. But his heart was, I serve God. So when God said, it's not for you to build, it's your son Solomon. David didn't say, well, good luck Solomon, I'm keeping all this stuff. Bitter disappointment and resentful. No, he said, okay God, I wanted this, but you have other plans. So I'm going to serve your purposes. I'm going to give my son everything. He's the one who's going to go down history as having built the south. He can have these resources. I will serve him in serving you. Stunning. You think, this is King David. I get to build the temple of God. And God said, no, no. And he didn't say like, okay, no, no. He's like, okay, how? Everything in my heart, I still give to you. It was for you anyway, but someone else is going to get the glory, and I give it over to Solomon. Martina Navratilova, you know her tennis player? She was one day asked about her involvement in tennis, and I believe she paused and said, Involved? I was never involved, I was committed. And she said, It's the difference between a chicken and a pig. So think about a fried breakfast. The chicken is involved. The pig is committed. You get it? The chicken puts some effort in. It's a bit weird, isn't it? It produces eggs, but it's fine. The pig. Apologies if you don't eat pig. Whatever it might be. A pig gives of itself, doesn't it? Permission to be a pig for Jesus. <laughs> but there's a big difference. Did you go swimming today? Yes. What was it like? Oh, I dipped my, co- my toes in. It was cold. That's not swimming. Oh, I, I, I dangled my legs in and I, I got splashed. Or, that's not swimming. Hey, I dived all in. That's swimming. Serving is all in. It's being committed. It's being a pig. But it comes from knowing. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my all. Not my involvement, but my commitment. If you've met God and you sung these songs this morning with any truth in your heart, holy, worthy, worthy. He is worthy of all your effort. It was not a wasted word of praise this morning. Your effort to get the kids out of the house. Your effort to overcome your disappointment and your sadness. And as a pastor, I know there are people in this room broken this morning. And yet they're singing 
worthy, worthy, worthy. Just think, wow. I'm all in. I'm committed, God. David charged Solomon to know the God of his fathers and to serve him with his whole heart. Can I encourage you? Serve him with your whole heart. You will never, ever, ever regret it. It won't always be easy. It will call for sacrifice. But it will be beautiful. And you'll be storing up for yourselves treasures in heaven and you will receive in this life too. I must move on very quickly. Thirdly, we move on. As for you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father, serve him wholeheartedly. If you seek him, he will be found by you. Third S, seek. Can you say seek? seek. Now, seek him. Often the Bible talks about seeking the face of God. It speaks about the presence of God. And this is not a, a seeking of a, a one-off knowledge moment. This is not about seeking God. God, what must I do in this situation? Give me this answer. That, that's part of it, okay? As Christians, we get to do that. We get to seek God. God, what do you want me to do in this situation? Do I get out or do I persevere? Lord, do, do I give to this? Do I give to that? Lord, Lord do, do I push this door over or this door? We get to do that. Hallelujah. Because we're children before our But this is about seeking God, constantly pursuing His face, living in the place of knowing, living in that place of knowing. Keep going. How do you seek God day to day? Do you have a time when you just get before God and let your heart be softened? Do you have, do you have, do you have a time when you think, okay, th- I mean, there's a lot in here. <laughs> seeking God is, 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 doesn't just have to be refined to the Bible, but I'm not sure how you do it without this, because this tells you about Him. So when you seek him, you can understand. Was well, that my voice or God's? Well, it sounds a lot like how God works from what I know. It's probably God. Actually, that's not like God at all. God doesn't tell me to be a maverick and do my own thing. God tells me to be in community and get wisdom from others. Anyone who says, God told me, and all the counsel around you is don't do that. I'm not sure God told you that. Maybe, you know. Maybe, because there are faith moments and people lead us in faith. I, I get that. But there's probably at least someone who agrees with you. Seek God. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. This is the issue of dependency. Some of us, we start well in our Christian lives. We have this wonderful encounter. We get to know God and we serve Him. And we wonder why we get dry and weary. Because we're not having this ongoing seeking of God. And continually laying down our lives before Him. Fourth S. Time has gone. Sorry, one more on seek. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says this, Whoever will draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. Yeah. Do you know God loves you to seek Him and He's got rewards? Firstly, He's the greatest reward. But there's other. There's, there's much more to that. Do you, when you come before God, are you like, Oh God, He's not interested in me. We think, God, your word says that if I seek you, there'll be rewards. And that's where I'll find you. Expect as you seek God. Fourth S. How are you doing? You okay? Be secure. Can you say secure? So David goes on in verse 10. He says, realize now that the Lord has chosen you to build the sanctuary. So he's not even getting to practical details yet. The be strong and do it is at the bottom of the pile. Or at the top, if you like. The foundations are savor God. Serve God. Seek God. Be secure in what God is calling you to. I, I don't need to have a word from God for me to preach about the glory of the church. <laughs> now, God speaks to my heart and gives me faith as I read the word. Because God has already spoken. If you are a Christian, you can be secure that there are works ordained for you to do today. 
When you wake up in the morning, there are works that God has prepared for you to do today. So every day is a day of destiny. You know, sometimes you hear preachers speak about your destiny. Can you say destiny? destiny. And what I get it. I, I'm not I'm kind of mocking it, but maybe I shouldn't. Um, what they mean is God's made you a specific way and He's given passions in your heart. And when you really hit that, things might come alive. But listen, every day is a day of destiny for a Christian. Who knows what God might do to you? You know, when you, when you go to the workplace, when you go to the supermarket, when you're walking down the street, what might God do? And you think, oh, doesn't, doesn't, I don't feel like this is the day of destiny. Say, okay. Um, but God said, there are preordained works for you to do today. Every day, like, Holy Spirit, what have you got for me today? And when it comes to the church and what we're about, we're not trying to do some fringe thing as a church. We're just trying to be faithful to the Word of God. And raise disciples who make disciples who make disciples who make disciples. And so I can say we can be pretty secure that we're about God's business. Now, we might get how we do it wrong occasionally. But as we pursue things as a church, we're pursuing what we best believe the Bible says about the church. We're preaching Jesus. We're pursuing Jesus. And we want to serve people. We can be secure that we're in the purposes of God. Realize now, Redeemer, that God has chosen you to be at this time and place for this. If for nothing else, it's for the people who get saved. That's it. If you all decide today, this isn't a church for me, and you go, Christians, and there's more space for non-Christians here, it's okay. I'll be sad, I'll probably be devastated, I'll be grumpy and sulky, and I'll only really be happy if you go somewhere else and you are... As long as we're reaching people who don't know Jesus, and they're coming to know Him and have their eternal destinations changed in a moment. Hallelujah. But there are other things for you that you know God's called you to. Be secure in them. Realize now that God has chosen you. Or maybe like, I'm not sure I deserve to be a Christian. No, realize He has chosen you. And remember, He chose you before you even worked out what it was to serve Him. He chose you when you were at your worst. The Bible says when you were dead. Realize, be secure. Christians, you can be secure. God loves you. Because when you were dead... He chose you. Realize that. And we serve out of that. You think, if I get up the front and I share something on my heart and make a fool of myself, now realize this, God knows your heart. And He chose you. Realize this, Hugh, this is why I sit on the front row, when you sing loud and it's out of tune, it's okay, God hears the heart. That's why I've always stood at the front as a young man, because I love singing, but it ain't a blessing to people in front of me. At all. Anyone else like me? Come to the front, brothers and sisters. <laughs> I always used to stand. That's why I put the speakers. I'll get there, get the seat, so I can go for it. And realize that God, God's got a super tuning fork, however he does it. Anyway, I'm gonna, I better move on. I just, uh, yeah, I just, I just say this. I, I'm in no doubt that what we're about is a work of God, not because I've heard from God in this. Like for something specific yet, there are some things bubbling in here. But we're building the church that Jesus says he's building. And we're just jumping on the train. And we're giving our best and finding strength to do it. And I urge you, as David did to Solomon, realize, be secure. If God's brought you here, realize what God is doing. He's adding laborers so we can get on with the job. Be strong is the final one. Say be strong. So after all of these foundations, which are more internal and worship, <laughs> savor God, serve God, seek God, be secure, 
Now he finishes with this phrase, be strong and do it. And I've just got two more S's. So be strong. Conviction comes from security. The most undermining thing in a Christian life or in leadership is insecurity. I believe me, I know in my own life. <laughs> yeah, I can be bold as a lion in the in the prayer den, and then I walk outside. But, oh, I'm suddenly more aware of people's approval or disapproval. There's an insecurity in there. Conviction and strength to follow through. Strength that comes from security. When you're securing God, you can step up and serve God. And if it all goes wrong, I'm loved by God. His voice is the loudest in my ear. My job is an utter privilege, a total privilege. Doesn't mean it's all rosy every day. There are days, uh, some, some pastors call them uh, bread truck Mondays. You just, you just want to drive a bread truck and throw, apparently they used to throw bread out of the truck, newspapers. You just go like this. Don't think about anything. You just have to, you just can, just usually because it's fatigue and tiredness. Because on a Sunday like this, I'm aware of about 50,000 things. 15 stories of brokenness or joy or delight in the room and how do you celebrate and mourn with people together. It's, it's all going on all the time. And, and that's just normal physical stuff. Then there are other times when the job is just, it's not great because you're dealing with broken lives. It's a privilege, but it's hard graft. And you have to lean into your calling. You have to think, God, God called me to this. And God, God called me to this. Because if it was done to me and my selfish desires, I'd go back to be a private school teacher, have 17 weeks off a year and be in a swimming pool most of the year. Which is what I was doing before. Hopefully I was serving him in that. But, um, but I love it. I, but I, don't, I couldn't. I couldn't, I couldn't do that. Because <laughs> God's called me. And then there's my joy. But there's times you have to wrestle with your heart. Just to say, be, be strong, be clear on what God has called you to do. I have had jobs that have been horrendous. I used to chicken farm. Like, oh, I, used to, I wouldn't even go there. But it was just hardest work I've ever done in the most brutal situation I've ever done with very tough and hard men. It was intimidating the whole time. But God did something in and through me then because I found strength in him every day to do it. And that was just to keep me out of debt when I was a student. But ultimately, our lives are not our own. We are given over to God. And we find strength in Him. We find strength in calling. We find strength to say, if I'm being faithful to the Word of God, God will be faithful to supply my need. What God's called me to, He qualifies me for. And if you are doing what God has called you to, He will supply your needs in that. And so with all of that done, and you, you, the, the repeated biblical phrase is, be strong and courageous. Do not be dismayed. Do not fear. We all need to hear that. But it comes from the S's we've had. And the last S of the six S's, I wonder if the worship team um, could stop coming up, please. That would be great. Is start. Can you say start? Be strong and do it. Can you say do it? Just do something. Take one step from today. And do something to serve God in a way that you haven't before. Try a two-minute prayer slot. Try a 20-minute prayer slot. Give two pounds each week and trust God. Give 200 pounds and trust God. Serve and think and trust in God. You, if that's what God's calling to you, I'm trusting in this. But do something. Getting started is the hardest thing. You'll know momentum, isn't it? But getting going is the hardest thing. What is your next step? 
Just think for a moment of all the things I've said today. Possibly there's been things you're hiding. I really need to go back to that, or I need to need to start that, or actually I need to say I'm in. I need to stop dangling my toes and I need to dive in, or I need to get out and do that. Or how can you start? Make a response to God. William Carey is famous for saying, expect great things of God and attempt great things for God. I would add within the broad scope of scripture, but even Outside of, outside of that, God loves faith. Expect great things from God. Attempt great things from God. And he, he was addressing Baptist leaders in the 1700s who the general thought at that time was mission was for the first 12 disciples. <laughs> and you know, you just, you stayed comfortable. And someone got up when he was sharing this, motivating the mission and said, young man, sit down. You're an enthusiast. When God pleases to convert the heathen, he will do it without consulting you or me. I think there's enough consultation in here to be getting on with a lot of things today. But in these moments, God has just dropped stuff in your heart. So just close your eyes, be still. Expect great things of God. He is faithful, he is worthy, and attempt. Great things for God. What is it that you can start today? We've talked about savouring God. If you can call yourself Christian today, in a few moments when we have communion, you can take it for the first time if you are saying, Jesus, I need you, I want you. As best as I know how I serve you. That's the best start anyone can ever make. Serving him. How how can you serve God? (coughs) Seeking him. Maybe you're just aware that you're just getting on with it with no reference to God. Or that you're living on the old fumes and you just you need to get back to the place of just Seeking God for Him. Yes, for answers, but for Him. Maybe think I've just I've got to get secure in God. Abolish insecurity. Abolish the need for that. Sapping me of faith and serving God. Abolish fear. It's be a journey, but it's it's needed. Be strong in Him, brothers and sisters start doing something. The message version says, look sharp now. God has chosen you to build his holy house. Be brave, determined, and do it. That will be my charge to you, to us as Redeemer. Look sharp now, Redeemer. God is bringing people through our doors. And we're reaching people outside our doors. Look around, not many free seats. Be sharp. Do you know after World War II, the church was filled with increasing numbers as people were seeking God for 18 months, the stats show. And then the numbers dropped off. And one book says this. It says it took the church 18 months to get themselves sorted out. And by that time, all the people who were looking in had gone because they hadn't found the answers. Think, wow, people are looking in. 
And we'll always be a work in progress, getting ourselves sorted out. But let's not take 18 months, six months, two months, a month to think, I'm all in Jesus, whatever that looks, whatever that looks like. So as we come to a finish, um, we're going to have communion. And I want you to do this individually. Because I want us to make two responses. So the offering baskets will come on as we come back to worship. And while we're worshipping, I want you to take the opportunity of communion as a personal thing to say, I'm all in Jesus. Personal thing for you to say, I'm all in and I give you everything. And as the offering comes around, these are our gift days. You might be able to say with this, I'm in with my money in this measure. We just have this giving slide details. We'll share this during the week, but if you want to give online, please just put the reference gift days just so now we can set that money aside for everything that we believe God would expand for us, increasing our capacity. You can find out more on our give page there on the website. Someone want to give by cash to that. There is, there is contact list. But that is an expression, secondly, of firstly, that's giving ourselves to God. The greatest David was Jesus, wasn't he? Jesus knew his father. All these S's, this is true of Jesus. Jesus knew his father. And he served his father. He said, not my will, but yours be done. Stunning, isn't it? It's a beautiful thing. Not my will, but yours be done. He sought God. He, in the midst of being the saviour of the world, very early in the morning, he got up and he prayed. He took time out time out to know his father to know the will of the father that's why he was able to say at the hardest moments not my will but he was be done Jesus was secure in his calling he didn't give in to temptation when he was offered something else he knew who he was and he knew that God was sufficient for him and he knew not to test God but to trust God he was the one who found strength for the joy set before him, he endured. Endurance takes strength, doesn't it? You are his joy. I don't know how many faces he saw when he was carrying the cross to Calvary. But I imagine he just faces through the millennia. That was part of the joy of Jesus. That one day reunion with us in heaven for eternity with no sin anywhere. And he did it. He started, didn't he? They took the first step. And he hasn't stopped. He says he lives to make intercession on our behalf. Stunning. You don't need a human priest. You have the high priest. And what it means is that he is constantly, actively working to bring about in your life all that he has won on the cross. So we're going to make much of Jesus. But that is why we give ourselves. So in this next season, Redeemer, many, most of us are serving, our kids' team, serving and serving and serving so that little ones come to know Jesus and so that there's space in here as well. And I'm going on late today and I feel that weight. Kids' team are chuckling. Well done. Hospitality, those who pitch up at 8.30, set up sound and take it. And this is just Sunday. Life group leaders beyond that. Those who pray and serve and beyond that. Will you step up today and say, I'm in. And sign up to something. Join a team as, as you lead. 
say, I'm all in. Seek God above. Let's stand together. Lord, we are all in. Maybe just say that if you are happy to. I am all in, Lord. You are satisfying. You are magnificent. And I savor you. I pray, Holy Spirit, every heart in this room now will come freshly to know Jesus. I pray we would sing, love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul. It's got to be, Lord, you want me. You've taken me from darkness to life. And you, 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 you've given me something that's glorious, Lord. And like David, we say, well, we will sow everything into this, even if the most glorious days of the church are beyond our lives. But we will lay foundations today and we will start building pillars, Lord, because it's about serving you. I lay that thing in. What if it's clear? I'm not going to lead this thing in two years' time and it all takes off. I'll be watching, hopefully not from the sidelines, but serving. You know? Okay, God, I surrender that. I serve you. And we find strength today, Lord. We find strength to go again. Some of you are hurt from church experiences. Some of you are weary from anything. How can I go? I pray for strength today, come by the Spirit of God, knowing Him who laid down His life. Do not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but laid down and served. That's a word for some today. You've been hurt. I, I get it. It's, it's horrible. But you to go again as a heart posture, before anything else, just as a heart posture. Say, God, I'm in again. Whatever that might look like. I'm in again. Share my faith again. I was rejected. I, I, I'm going to give again and trust you. I'm going to submit again to Scripture and, and trust you. I'm going to go again. Or maybe for the first time. Hey, if you're not a Christian, right now, pray this with me. Say, Jesus. Let's pray out loud together, everybody. Jesus, I am yours. Because I know that you gave yourself for me. And I'm going to break this bread and I'm going to drink this wine for the first time as a new person. Forgive me, Lord. Have my life. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. If you pray that, please come and find me. It will be the greatest joy of my heart to pray with you and celebrate you. As the team sings, let's...